Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to another TRC broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod. And if no one has told you so far, I'm glad you're here. Look, today there's uh, some things that's been on my heart for a few months now, just through observation, just looking around at the body of Christ, looking around at the people of God. And, you know, they have somewhat of a Laodicean spirit on them. It's that the church in general has really seemed to be asleep. I want to share some things with you today. Uh, I, you know, hopefully uh, it's not my intentions to offend anyone. It's not my intentions to harp on anything in particular. But you got to understand something. If God entrusts me to be over his people, and you entrust me to be over your life, then I have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to share with you what thus saith the Lord. You have to understand that we don't write the mail as, as pastors and uh, uh, bishops or anything in the fivefold ministry. We don't write the mail. We just deliver it. Today, I hope that you are in a place to hear because you know, there are certain things that are happening around us. And if you are not careful, you will sleep right through it and wake up on the other side and realize what have I done or what have I not done? I will start by saying this. Jesus is soon to come. Now, no man knows the day or the hour. We know that. However, the Bible says that there are certain things that we can be aware of to let us know that we where we are on a timetable of God. And again, like I said, I have a responsibility as your leader to share with you what I believe God is feeding me. And you make the choices yourself. Are you listening? So today I want to talk to you from the subject of the great falling away the great falling away. Now, one thing we do know about the scriptures and listen to me very carefully, no matter where you are in God, no matter what level you are living on, the Bible says that when Jesus returns, it, he'll come at a time that we know not. Now, I just want you to just evaluate that point right now. He's going to come at a time that you don't expect him. He's going to come at a time I don't expect him. He's going to come a time that the world is not going to expect him. And the Bible says that just like it was in the day of Noah, they were marrying, giving in marriage. They were doing all of these things, eating, drinking, making merry. And they knew not that the time was up until the flood swept them away. Guys, I'm telling you, there has this 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 pandemic has really caused the church to take a hit in this infrastructure. I'll I'll, I'll get I get to that more, uh, but I want to share something with you here. The Bible indicates that there will be a great uh, apathy in the end times. 
Apathy is defined in the King James Version as a great falling away, a great uh, leaving the truth, a great renunciation of former things that we used to do and used to believe. The ESV version and the NIV version uh, declares this time as a great rebellion. And we see this now, we see it happening now, that there is a great rebellion. And I want to share this with you because I'm telling you, the Bible says if the time be not shortened, even the very elect will be deceived. But I want to share this to you. Um, apathy is rebellion or abandonment of truth or breach of the faith. And the pandemic has served as a serious blow, as I said, to the infrastructure of the body of Christ. How, how is that? Through non-association. See, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together one with another. But through this non-association, it has strengthened apathy and apostate teaching. What is apostate teaching? Erring from the truth. This day and time, no one wants their feelings hurt. No one wants to, to, to be corrected. No one wants to hear that they may not be right in the way they're living and the things that they're doing. And it's a very unpopular subject. Nevertheless, we still have a responsibility to teach the word of God uncompromisingly not trying to build a huge church, not trying to uh, fare well with all of the naysayers or the big tithers, but to preach the truth of God and let God take it from there. So let's go to uh, Hebrews. I want to share something with you about um, in looking at this pandemic. We have been separated a year and a half, going on two years uh, in March. And people have solidly, quietly drifted away from the things of God. And I'll tell you why that is. But let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. And I'll start reading at verse 25. And I want you to see something here. The Bible says, listen, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refuse him that spake on the earth, much more shall they not, not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised saying, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but heaven also. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things, the removing of those things, the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken will remain. Now, this pandemic has served as a sifter. Why? 
for the simple reason that when people were in church, most people got their fix through osmosis. Most people got their fix from being in the atmosphere. You know, you never could tell what kind of a uh, tendencies people had in relation to the gospel unless they did something or said something that was very contrary. Otherwise, you really couldn't tell. But what happened was is that when this pandemic came, it was in a direct attack not only in society, but the church. And people were not able to commune together like they used to. And so therefore, what happened was you were tested. During this time apart, you were tested to stand on your own relationship with God, to stand on your own diligence with God, to stand on your own prayers with God. It's somewhat kind of like when a high school student goes to college. And many of you remember this, uh, and some of you may remember it as it's happening right now. Your parents would always wake you up. Your parents would always get you up. They would always say, do you have your, 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 your folders? Do you have this? You got your homework. You got this. And they were on you. And that's kind of what the pastors did. Do you have this? Did you pray? Are you standing? Are you this? Are you that? But it's like when you went to college, there was no more of that. They gave you a syllabus with the instructions. And most people were good for one semester. Most people were good for one semester and no more with financial aid kicking in because your grades didn't warrant it. Why? Because at that point, whatever habits you had, whatever tendencies you had, whatever lack of discipline you had, you had to live on. Are you listening? So the habits that you already had in place made you either fall or succeed. And no one came and got you. You felt so good because you could choose to just sleep and you didn't have to hear mama's voice and daddy's voice. You didn't have to hear anybody tell you to get up. All the while, you were falling into a pattern that was going to eventually bring consequences. Now, I want you to hear me because many people that have been separated from constant church attendance has fallen into a pattern that if Jesus was to show up right now, you have no fruits. You have no, no, you're like the one with the talent. You can only give him back what he gave you in the very beginning, but you didn't multiply. Listen, he that have an ear, let him hear. But there is going to come a time we are going to have to stand. You know, I had one of this, this weird, weird feeling. I'm doing the best I know how to do, and so are many of you. But did you ever think what it would be like to stand in the presence of God with no one else there, waiting on him to say yay or nay that you made it in? Why? Because if you are denied, you are denied forever. It's not, I'll fix it later. 
if you are denied, you are denied forever. He said, when I come, he said, uh, I bring my rewards with me and he that is unrighteous, let him be unrighteous still. He that is not serving me, don't serve me still. He that is not doing my will, continue on your path still. You see what I'm saying? It's a very mind boggling thing because narrow is the path to righteousness and few there be that find it. Now let's just listen. So people during this pandemic are now living in the light of who they really are. They are no longer being aged on by the pastor. Some people, to be honest with you, and I'm not talking about just our church, I'm talking about in general. Some people don't even come on in the comfort of their living room to hear the word of God. Some people will come on and put their screen up and black it out as though that they are there and they'll go watch TV. People uh, right now, haven't seen a miracle from God, haven't seen anything great from God in years, since this whole time. It's, it's kind of like uh, you see this, the pandemic going on and the CDC tell you certain things to do in order to make things good and you see it in light. You know, I was looking and Look, I'm not getting political. I'm really not. But I was looking at this particular county where they made masks optional. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just saying that they made masks optional. And they had uh, the first uh, uh, week, 118 people uh, that were infected. And then the next week, it was a total of 378. All I'm saying to you guys is God is bigger than that. He's telling us things to pay attention to. Now, I got to go because I got I got a lot to say and I need to finish this. Um, go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to read this scripture right here to you. And this is what the foundation is actually built on. Second Thessalonians chapter two, and listen what it says in verse three. Let no man deceive you by any means for the day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Now, in its context, we understand if you, uh, uh, if you study eschatology, in this context, this is talking about the Antichrist. This is talking about uh, the son of perdition. This is talking about who Daniel brought up and said it was the um, desolation uh, in the holy place, which is talking about the Antichrist standing in the temple. Once the temple is done and he makes a covenant with Israel uh, for seven years and after three and a half years, he break that covenant and he set himself up as God standing in the temple and people, he makes people worship them. And those that don't, they get beheaded. This is after the rapture. Now here, the problem with all of this is 
Jesus has already come in doing this great falling away. It has already begun. And I honestly believe that this pandemic and the continuation of this pandemic has served as a sifter that only those that really, really are self-driven and self-motivated to serve the Lord and remain a God conscience or the ones that continued on. And many people now have softened their stance and they really don't even see they got them, their families are in jeopardy. They don't really see what's going on. And as long as you don't hear, you won't be challenged. As long as you don't hear that there is something different, you will never be challenged. And the Bible says here that uh, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he as God sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is, uh, but the great falling away, this is, listen, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Have you fallen away enough that you can be shook loose from the kingdom? Is that where you're living right now? That everything that can be shaken, the Bible says, will be shaken. And if you don't have a grasp on the things of God, if you don't have a continuance in the things of God, Make no mistake about it. You can be shaken. Many people are already shaken and we haven't even gotten to that part of, of, of the, the lat, those latter days. Now, let me, let me move on because um, there's some, some other things. Listen, what Paul was talking about here was, and this is, uh, I brought this up a few minutes ago, the church of Thessalonica had an issue where they had apostate teaching and they had been convinced that the rapture had already occurred. And so they were in fear. They were in shock. And so they were basically saying, have we missed the rapture? Have we missed the rapture? And Paul was reassuring them that not only had they not missed the rapture, but there must first come a rebellion and a falling away, a departure in great numbers from the faith before all of this happens. See, one thing about it, and there's a lot of it going on now, apostate teaching. Apostate teaching makes you feel comfortable about where you are with no consequences. It makes you feel like you are okay. But the scripture says, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. Jesus said, but these are they that testify of me, but you won't receive me. So apostate teaching makes you feel like that there is nothing you can do to be wiped out. Nothing you can do to have your name blotted out. You got to read the scriptures, blotted out from the Lamb's book of life. There's nothing you can do. But now when those that said, I've cast out devils in your name. And see, and Jesus said that the devil can't cast out the devil. So anybody who did cast the devil out was once walking with God. He said, depart from me. I never knew you. 
Let's continue to look at this. So it makes you comfortable and it doesn't make you, it doesn't warn you and it doesn't make you watchful. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that it is unbelief that is going to keep a lot of people. It says when you think that your Lord has delayed his coming, it is that unbelief that is going to cause you to miss the moment, the twinkling of an eye. And that's where a lot of people are right now. They've heard, the Bible says in Peter, that you will hear there will be scoffers in the last days, says, where is the promise of his coming? But ever since we were young, things continue on as they were. The Bible says this is another sign of the last days. So there are a lot of people that think my master delay his coming. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you knew that Jesus was going to come in an hour, everything that you try to get rid of in an hour is the things that's going to hold you here if you don't get rid of them before he shows up. What am I doing? I'm just trying to, as your leader and as a, a, a man of God, to just give you, warn you, that it's not all about the things you see here. The timetable of God is ticking. And if you are not careful, someone needs to tell you. There's not a lot of this going on in the body of Christ today. You don't hear a lot of it. And I know that the Lord, I may not teach it again other than this series in a while. But I need to obey God now. Let me move on. So it's like the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins. The foolish virgins, they trimmed their wicks. They started to prepare, but they did not have any oil. And they were caught off guard. They were caught by surprise. And then what happened? They, the door was shut. Saints, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, examine yourself. This is not the time to be in pride. This is not the time to be in rebellion. This is not the time to be offended. Judge yourself. Where am I on this timetable of God? Let me move on. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24, and let me read this. Matthew chapter 24, and we know, uh, Bible says that in verse 1, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for a show, to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, that see See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now you got to understand something about this temple. This temple was massive. Uh, just in what one of the things I was studying said that this temple was on about 35 acres. That's how big it was. And these stones were some of them like 20 feet by 50 feet and they were solid and 
the Bible says that they were stacked on one top of one another, where it almost seems like they were they were immovable. And when Jesus said, if you see these stones, there'll not be one of them that's left on top of another one. And the Bible says in verse three, and he said upon the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Now, there was three questions that was asked. And this here, when they asked these questions and Jesus began to talk, this is known as the Olivet Discourse. And so Jesus, they asked him, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? And what shall be the end of the world? Now, I want to show you something here. Here in its context, the Roman government was angry with Jerusalem because Jerusalem was rebelling against Rome. Well, Rome sent General Titus to destroy the city and to take over the temple. Some of his men, some of Titus' men, they were so angry with the people that they went in and they set fire to the temple. They was trying to cause the people to run out, but the fire got out of hand. The fire began to burn the temple to the point that it began to, and this is the reason why, see, sometimes if Jesus says something to you, unless you have more insight, you don't know why he's saying what he's saying. When he says, see these stones, there will not be one left on another one. The walls, the roof, and parts of the trimming around the top and the treasury of the temple, the fire got so hot, it began to melt the gold and it began to melt the silver, the gold from the roof and the walls. And this gold began to run down into the crevices of these huge, massive bricks. Because of the greed of the Roman Empire, they went in and they dislodged all of the stones to recover the gold. See, Jesus knew that that's what was going to go on. The disciples, their interpretation could have been very different. But he said, there will not be one stone left upon another because he knew what they were going to do. As a matter of fact, you might want to go read Titus did some crazy stuff in the temple, but that's for another story. But all I'm saying is, is that the Roman Empire, they were so angry. Now, thousands of Jews ran into the temple, believing that because of the holiness of the temple, we'll be saved. All of those people that went into the temple, they was their throats were slit, they were killed, they were murdered. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Some people don't understand that even today they think being in the building is enough to save them. Just because I am in the church, 
See, you're in the church, but you may not be of the church. Are you listening? Have you changed your stance? Are you still a part of the church or just name only? And these people ran in and they were like, we're going to be saved in here. But those Roman soldiers sought them out and still killed them all. Listen, so here's the three questions. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? And the end of the world. The first thing we hear, and let me go ahead and read a, a little bit further. And, um, and Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying that I am Christ. What is Christ? Is that Jesus' last name? No. People are going to come to say, I've been anointed by God. There are folks out here all over the place. You got more prophets and more, more pastors and more evangelists and more teachers who say, I'm anointed by God. And he said, they'll come in my name saying that I am Christ and they shall deceive many, which we see apostate teaching is, is, is leading the way. Teaching that is not balanced. Teaching that doesn't give people the whole picture. Teaching that is a convenient gospel. That's why Paul said, if any other come unto you and deliver a gospel that we have not delivered unto you, let him be accursed. That word means anathema. Or another translation says, let him go to hell. Jesus said this. He had a problem with the scribes and Pharisees. He said, you go about, you can pass land and sea to make one proselyte. And when he is made, you make him twofold the child of hell as you are. Apostate teaching, teaching filled with error that does not warn people that Jesus is coming. This does not focus on Christ, does not focus on the righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. He said, and they will deceive many. And then he goes on to say, and nation shall rise against nation. You know, and I used to see that now. I would always think about these big countries and so forth and so on. But did you know that the root to this word about nations is, is, is talking about uh, ethnic groups? Nation will rise against nation, ethnic groups. Or you have the Jews and the uh, against the Gentiles and the Gentiles between uh, the Islam and Islam against Russia. And you have these ethnic groups that rise up against each other. And then kingdom against kingdom, where now you see this is very, very uh, uh, prevalent in our life now, where there is a kingdom of darkness against the kingdom of light. You see it now. The, the Bible says that Satan seeks to change the laws. Our laws are being changed to, to the point, if you go back and look, and you see that they changed the laws. They took prayer out of our schools. They changed all of these other laws that are happening. And you know a lot of them that I'm talking about right now, that they have changed and what has happened. I'll tell you what has happened. What has happened is the church is no longer the home team. The church is no longer the home team. 
I'll show you this in a minute. Now you are the visiting team, and you know as well as I do, anytime you try to score as the visiting team, you're going to get booed. That's why you're booed everything you decide to do, everything the Bible is telling you to do. People don't agree with it. People don't like it. I mean, you 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 can have things that are blatant, blatant disregard for proper procedures. You can have that. But then you just say, take Chick-fil-A. We're just not going to open on Sundays because we want to worship. Now you want to stand around and boycott them for something like that. The pressure from society has caused a lot of people to change their stance. The pressure from society has caused people to begin to wear other hats. You are no longer a Christian. You are wearing other hats. That's what's leading you now. That's what's identifying you now. The other hats. You either extreme left wing, right wing. You either the, 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 the elephant or the donkey. You either Republican or Democrat. You either this or that. And no longer is it about the law of God which supersede everything. And we get caught up in all those other things. Now, let me continue to go on. And here he says, there'll be famine and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Famines. Now, this is, Do you realize that, let me, let me read this other part before I change because I want to go on and complete this thought. He said, in earthquakes and divers or various or different places, all these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, what does that mean? That means that these are the beginning of birth pains. These are the beginning, you know, as well as I do, if your wife has had children or if you have had children, um, what happens is the closer you get to delivery, the contractions get stronger. The pain gets more intense. If you look at the society that we're living in, all of these things are beginning to mount. They are mounting up together. Uh, the beginning of birth pains. Uh, and then he said there will be famines. Listen to me. Did you know that every 10 seconds, every 10 seconds a child dies from hunger? Every 10 seconds. There are 9 million people a year that die of hunger in a society that is so technologically advanced. We should be growing food on the moon by now and bringing it down and feeding the hungry. But there are people that are just dying, 9 million people. And then if you go on uh, sickness, pestilence, we see that. We remember that back in the days where the bubonic plague came, the black death that was carried by rats, over 200 million people. Over one third of Europe's population was wiped out by the bubonic plague. And then you see the Spanish uh, flu that came along. And then you look and you see from the current date now, you look at HIV and AIDS. And then you go right around and then you look at 
uh, you, you're seeing uh, COVID-19, uh, all of these pestilence, but these things are coming closer together. Before we could get out of one pandemic, there was a variant. Now, the birth pains, what I'm saying is, guys, if you're not listening, if you're not paying attention, you will miss all of this. It is happening. Let me let me let me finish. So the Bible says, and, and, and listen in verse 12, because the love of many shall wax, uh, the, because the love, uh, the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now I want to say a couple of things about that. One, because of um of iniquity. Another translation says, because of the abundance of lawlessness. You know we are there. Lawlessness. Everywhere you look, just lawlessness. Because of the abundance, the, the love of many, and including the church, will wax cold. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. What does it mean? Listen to me, guys. The Bible says this, that in the last days, men will not endure sound doctrine, but will heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. These teachers will tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. And see, many people today does not, they will not endure sound doctrine. You can't tell them. They will. They agree with everything that you say as long as they agree with everything that you say. But it's impossible for God to say anything to them that they don't agree with. This is the time we're living in. Instead of saying, is this truth? They basically say, I don't like what you said. So this is where we are on the timetable of God. He that endureth to the end, he that endures sound doctrine to the end shall be saved. Now, what is happening here is during this pandemic, there has been a shifting of uncontested, that has been uncontested by the gospel that is teaching God's people a different value system and desensitizing them to the law of God and even to sin. You can sit and watch on TV. You're hearing now, even in commercials, people are cursing, women are naked. You'll see all of this stuff. And after you see it so long, make no mistake about it, it desensitizes you. And to show you that you've been desensitized, you used to be offended by this kind of stuff. But no more are you offended. You can see a commercial and you could see... Um, relationships flaunted in front of you and it used to offend you and now it's basically like well whatever that's because you desensitized the bible says righteous lot his spirit was vexed after seeing and hearing all the things he did in sodom and gomorrah he saw a lot of things that caused him to be desensitized now i'm getting ready to close with this i've got to give you this Go to Daniel chapter one, and I want to show you something here that is very, very important. Daniel chapter one. Now, I'm going to read some scriptures here, and I want you to really get this because this is what has happened to a lot of people. 
Verse 1, in the third year of the reign of Jericho, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jerichoam, the king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasures, uh, into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Aspenaz, Aspenaz, excuse me, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, well-favored, skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, such as had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace, whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now, I'm going to stop at verse four right now and, and, and just kind of break something down. Nebuchadnezzar came in, took over Jerusalem. Now, I want you to look at this in the light of this pandemic and the effect that this pandemic has had. Nebuchadnezzar came in, he took the children, he took them from Jerusalem. At this time, Daniel was just a teenager, but he took them and he brought them into his own kingdom. He took, uh, uh, his whole thing was to, reprogram them, remove them from the ways of serving God, remove them from the memory of serving God. Now, through this pandemic, a lot of people lost the memory of what they used to do in the house of God. They lost the memory. They are no longer intact with what they used to do in the house of God. So they're basically hanging out in the devil's territory. This re reprogramming, they have become indifferent. They There's a coldness. There's a stupor that has come on the people of God. They are at sleep. No more watching at all. They are no longer watching. So look at this. Let me go on and continue to read. I was at verse four, now verse five. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them uh, three years at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among them were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And it says that unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave Daniel the name of Belieshah, uh, uh, Shazar, excuse me, and to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the units that he might not defile himself. Now, this is what is happening here. The enemy has separated God's people to reprogram them and re-educate them how to live differently in these unprecedented times that we're living in. He's taught them survival in this world, erasing the memory, 
the attention to detail, the value system that God had placed in them when they were meeting in the church week after week after week. And he had to first separate them. And through the pandemic, they had to live on their own diligence or lack of it. And then he began to reprogram them. Remember, listen, the king seed. See, that he was, the Bible says he was hunting for precious life. He was looking for the believers. He wanted to get believers separated, isolated, so he could reprogram them. And there are people right now, they're reprogrammed. They don't, they're not watchful anymore. They don't think Jesus is coming. They, they lay there watching. They, at this point right now, nothing is the same. Now they have developed a new, new life. And then the Bible says he sought to change their name. There's a lot in that. When you change the name of a person, there is a lot in that. Think about it. Remember, God changed Saul to Paul. He changed Abram to Abraham. He changed Jacob to Israel. Every time there was a name change, there was a character change. Every time there was a name change, there was a destiny change. For the believers, for the saints that have allowed themselves to be re-educated during this pandemic, to lose contact with the house of God, and your name change, so has your destiny and so has your character. You have then qualified yourself to be part of this great falling away. You have caused yourself to distance yourself. And now, see, the Bible says no man can serve two masters. He'll love one and hate the other. He'll cling to one and despise the other. That's why a lot of people right now, no longer do you hear any ideas about how to move the kingdom forward. You don't hear anything. You used to see them every week. They had an idea about how God can do this and how the kingdom can be better, how you can do this and that in the kingdom. And now their voices are silent. They're silent. They're silent. They come to the service, but they're not at the service. He said, whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. This is where he wants to re-educate you. And then he made them to sit at his table. See, they used to eat the word of God. Jesus said, except you drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, you have no life in you. But now, if you find a lot of Christians, they're sitting at the enemy's table. And he will come back in a time that you think not. It's best to kick away from that table and get back in the house of God while you can. This message serves as a warning to you that God is trying to recover you. What you do with it is not going to be my issue. What you do with it is going to be your issue alone. Listen to me. He changed our names. And I'm closing with this. And Daniel, the Bible says, verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's meat, nor with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself.
You know as well as I do what happened to him, and this is what a lot of people are afraid of. Daniel was then put into the lion's den because he refused to bow to Nebuchadnezzar. Listen, we also know that when you refuse to go the way the world goes, the heat is turned up on you. Same thing that happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were put in the fiery furnace. But I'm here to tell you that the fourth man is waiting for you not to bow your knee so he can go into the fiery furnace with you and take the heat out of the flame and take the smell of smoke out of your clothes. What are you going to do? Are you going to be found when Jesus come back sitting at the enemy's table? Are you going to be found re-educated to wear another hat instead of the blood-bought hat that Jesus bought for you? Are you going to be found sitting at the table believing what the world is pushing on you? Or are you going to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for you know that your labor is not in vain? Guys, I can't finish this tonight, but I believe that we will come back for at least one more session. The great falling away. Tell someone. Let someone know. Warn them. Share this video. Tell them, recover yourself while you can. Recover yourself while you can. We can't tell you when Jesus is coming back, but if you look at the signs, you know he's coming back soon. There are so many other signs that you're not paying attention to, and you've lost connection with them. How will you be judged when he come back? Share this video. And until we come back together again, whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, make sure you're not doing it at the enemy's table. That's how you'll be able to keep it real.